Hello and welcome back to the Jesus Walks podcast and today we're gonna have um, our leadership focus and uh, we're gonna continue with uh, the theme we started two weeks ago on the discipleship track about how to share uh, the kingdom of God by words and now we're going to look um, on that topic from a leadership perspective but uh, before we start uh, that conversation we are just going to announce that um, after these two um, pods in these two weeks we're going to have a, a live um, um, I don't know what we call it, a gathering or, or um, seminar or something. Um, Catch-up gathering. Catch yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> a live catch-up where we're going to yeah, have more Q&A and um, sharing um, yeah, experiences and struggles and testimonies and whatever, just um, to meet each other and to see how we could uh, be this um, equipping community that we want Jesus Walks to be. So it's um, both, um, um, so yeah, you're all invited to, to join us. And that's going to be the 29th of November yes. at 8 p.m., one and a half hours in the night. And um, 8 p.m. is Swedish time. Uh, so you could uh, figure out your own time zone. But um, you'll find more info on our Facebook or webpage about how to connect that day but um and Mar just want to add that we yeah. dearly welcome everyone as martin you said and i think uh we just really want to uh, be close on to you guys mm -hmm. and and uh, as we share different stories and the learning curves here from our lives and when we uh, we just see that it's so valuable to listen to each other learn from each other uh, sh uh share also the encouraging aspects and uh just as jesus did his uh, you know he sent out his disciples and they, they came back and they had this group session of sharing the feedback and i think we really value just sharing what's happening how we can pray for each other and learn from each other so yeah uh, so everyone's welcome yeah. yeah and it's like really about kind of being like a practical uh, you know relational community that want to live it out i think that's kind of like the a main thing so if you have that hunger that you you want to live out what the bible says you want to live out what jesus did uh then it's, it's a great opportunity to 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 link up with like-minded people who are trying in their daily life to live it out so heartily welcome and sorry, I, I I think we mentioned that the the edge that we are having for those nights is regarding the missional aspect. So uh, it's not how to read the Bible better, or it's not about like, going deep in, in uh, prayer life topics, or you know these things which mm. are all important. But uh, these nights we want especially to have the focus on how are we making steps regarding the the yeah persons of peace in our lives, uh, or yeah just sharing the the gospel with words in different ways and. Uh, so that's the edge and that's the main focus for those nights just to yeah I guess uh, maybe yeah pictures of people who have been baptized since last time Hallelujah. things like that yes very good awesome. yeah so we are looking forward to the 29th and um, as you hear and see we are the three of us together it's uh, Antjokop in Bergen and Marxist in Riga and me in Martin in Gothenburg and if I start, guys, with just asking you, what what do you think is the um, the core thing for us as leaders? If it's um, like a small group leader or a church leader, or, or no matter youth leader, what whatever leader role we have, but what do you think is the 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 most um, most important things for us to to help the people that we lead growing in in these things about sharing? 
um, the kingdom of God by word. Uh, not all not all at once and <laughs> the most important things to like as a as a lead as a leader when it comes to sharing uh, about the kingdom of god sharing the gospel to people like uh, um because I, I like i lead a local church here in bergen on the west coast in norway and um and i've been other places before but what i see for me is that what goes on in my life as leader is what affects also the church, the life of the church, not only because there are people there that are walking with God in amazing ways. And when I have a time where I'm feeling things are not going so well with me, someone else is really moving, you know, and that's God's grace. But I would say that I, I need to, I see that I need to start with my own life. If I'm in a good place with God, if I am, if I'm making steps and if I can get things out of the way that are hindering my life to be fresh and moving um, then that's the best I can do for my church, basically. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, I pretty much can relate to what Aunt Jacob says. Uh, I see that when it's like uh, active and burning in my life, uh, it doesn't mean it's always only action. It can be like focus uh, as well, just about this topic altogether, that if it's like uh, very close to the focus of my daily life, then it just naturally is something I talk about. Then it's naturally something in leadership we want to see, like church growing more. And and then out from that, like there is a focus of that. There is a, as well action orientated, you know, regarding the Sundays or different expressions, how we can uh, just uh, put that as a focus more for all of the church. And I think so it always starts somewhere deep within. It's like focus mm-hmm. about it. Uh, uh, and then naturally those practical steps kind of follow. And because uh, I think uh, we have a saying that says that the speed of the team is is the is from the speed of the leader. Like the 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 team or the small group or the the church can 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 uh, run f- further ahead from the leader, as you uh, uh, are are saying, AJ. That it's uh, it's much much us that are setting the the limits and and the. Um, of the church and therefore our our role as a leader is is of course important and we can't really just uh, hope that things gonna happen without us being part of it but what do you think is the the main um, like objections or, or reasons why we we um why, why we why we don't see more of this in our churches as we as leaders do yeah. we leave it out, or or why not? In that case, <laughs> I I think for many of many of us who lead uh, that we we don't leave it out so much. I think, men, men, so that's I mean that's the starting starting yeah. point for the church, right? So that's why I start with that. So I think many many have been taught, maybe trained in a theological seminary, for example, or within a church culture. So you might be used to leading a Bible study, or you might be used to preaching from a pulpit, or you know, leading in some sort of a way and like kind of inner Christian circle in a sense. Mm. Um, when it comes to more approaching people who, who are not Christians, you know, that's a, a little bit of a different story because that is like really more like outside of the comfort zone. And it also requires you to somehow, uh, maybe even more, you need to know God to do that, I think, to be very honest. Mm. Like, I think that, to encounter somebody who doesn't share your faith uh, and who has a life with different needs 
as everybody has, and you're supposed to be the one coming over there and actually connect them to the living God, first of all, and secondly, address their needs, maybe, you know, with God's power or something, or some, or some kind of words that can, can, can minister to them. It, I mean, that can be very simple, as simple as just caring about them, talking, you know, asking who they are, saying hi. Like, when I moved to Oos outside Bergen, on a call from God to plant the church and to go with the gospel to the youth, uh, first and foremost, I made a habit out of saying hi to everybody that I kind of passed by when I was like driving. Uh, if I, I would wave to everybody and people really like, who's this guy? We don't know him because it was not common at all in that place to do that. You know, so people were like, ah, oh, oh, um, I can't remember that guy. And then they felt so bad because they couldn't remember who I was because they thought I must have been a friend or, a, you know, something since I said hi to them. But, but for me, it's like, I mean, we, first of all, we need to, we need to, talk to people you know engage people and start to get to know them and like so that's like a simple first step uh but then i think on the next one it it helps a lot that 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 i live close to god myself and i think that is maybe the biggest problem that in leadership you can get um so busy and have so many needs and feel so pressed at every side you know uh, with cares and worries or pressures you're gonna you know you're gonna speak on sunday and have meetings here and the finances are there and they're all you know and people expect this and and you have small kids maybe and you know so i mean so you, you lose out on that kind of simplicity of just walking with god just being a friend of god a son of god or a daughter of god and and from that relationship and intimacy that's where you know the life flows first and foremost mm. i think to deal with those issues uh, that's one thing. Another thing I think is fear. I think is a very big one uh, to try to deal with the fears in your the unbelief, the doubts, the fear, the pressures that get to you. Mm-hmm. If it's possible to, to to die from all of that, to get out of that, deal with the fear, and get free, and just enjoy God, enjoy to be with the church, enjoy your fellowship, not let these pressures of how many people came on Sunday don't let that stuff define you just be free to live for God um, I think that one is a very big one that will go on to the church as well I think or the small group mm. I think the the first one that you mentioned here with um, uh, that we are so busy and uh, uh, I know a friend who's um, is leading a, um, a big missions and discipleship organization with focusing on youth in, in several countries mm. Amazing work, but he shared that I was a busy managing a mission organization that yeah. I didn't share Christ. Yeah, so right. he he really had to repent yes. and say, yeah. "Okay, I'm sitting in my office and people getting saved in my organization, but I'm not having any conversations with with yeah. non Christians." So he he uh, he he changed his way of living and uh, starting having coffee with his neighbors. Mm. And he said that he, he, yes, to can. Uh, a story that was, he said that I, I like, um, um, mm. I've, I've lost so many years of it. So I, I went over to a neighbor and and said, yeah, I'm sorry, you've been living here for, I've been living here for like eight years, and I don't know your name. I brought a cake. Can I come in? Come in? Mm. Uh, and this is in a, in a society when you don't really do that kind of thing but yeah um he he really understood that yeah this is where this is also the people i'm called to uh so i think for for us maybe we're, we're not running a mission organization but i think the the same attitude is that we are so busy like doing church 
that we are not um, we are missing out like um, um, yeah having coffee with with our non-christian friends i think yes, that, yeah. yeah yeah especially for us who are like church planters yeah you know, missional people you know like so and that's that's our context all the martyrs mocked in me we are all church planters as you would say or like you know so uh <laughs> it's very relevant <laughs> it is and i i also think that a lot of our our structure is uh uh, that's what we're counting. Uh, uh, if you are like a leader in a youth group, it's the youth group nights that are counting. It's not the conversations that you are having on a, on a Tuesday afternoon with a non-Christian. Um, that's not what's what's counting. That's what not your in in your work dis- description or so. And so it's it's very much that we are trained to to do the th- like yeah doing church stuff or running this home group or whatever and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it really takes an effort for us to go out of that zone and into these kind of missional conversations that we are longing for as a leader especially as a leader yeah but it's so it's so so good like we were on the streets just uh, here like uh, was it yesterday yesterday or the day before uh and we were just joining this evangelist out. And then one of the guys from the church here, who's like a worship leader, like a leader in the church, he's a worship leader. He he was really connected to one man, young man in his 20s. And they ended up talking for such a long time. And turned out that that, that guy had had a journey of seeking after truth and after God. And in the end, they were freezing cold because they were standing such a long time outside. So even I have to call this guy in the end and say that we went to this cafe afterwards. And if you want to come up here, we are here just so you know. And because he was left there with this guy for a long time afterwards and everything. Then he came up and my friend and and then he just said, yeah, it's like that every time we have, I have a conversation with somebody like this that are seeking and we talk about God and God can use me. Like, I feel so full of life, you know, I just feel joy. And he said, I, you never regret those uh, times you spend the time like this. He said, you know, and I think that's the thing that as a leader, when you do this, you feel fresh, you feel life because you do what Jesus asked you to do. Right. So. Yeah, much is smiling up apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it's very good. I totally agree with what you guys are sharing and uh, what I have seen as well here locally with uh, with the leadership, uh, with the leaders. Uh, it kind of starts with living and exemplifying, at least by heart. Not always we talk about like what we would say fruits, but it's like this heart, right? To be uh, on the journey to to be open to speak with people, to notice those people in your daily life, and even to be willing to open up to new relationships. And one funny thing that I can just share as an example, we have had like a revolution of dogs. So basically the leaders... Looking forward to this one. Yeah, two, two of the leaders actually have got dogs uh, because of missional purpose. So one of them didn't start with the missional uh-huh. aspect, but he actually realized that for Latvian, our society here, Dogs are like this awesome icebreaker, uh, and and uh, basically, uh, if you wouldn't meet like uh, you wouldn't talk to random people on the street, and I I would I, I would be kind of fine with it, but for the most part, people it would be quite a barrier be- between like uh, everyday people and like uh, someone in the church. So what he did, he he just saw how this dog approached random people, and suddenly there is this smile, and you start talking it's like hey, and and suddenly out from nowhere there's conversation. And to be honest, he's, she sh- he shared many examples in, in like a half year's time 
where he ended up uh, really uh, talking about his testimony during COVID, how he lost his job, and eventually like uh, talking about faith and, and about Jesus. And so now this other leader, he actually, he's uh, also a great friend of mine, and he almost purposefully got dog because of this and, and wanting to actually meet new people in his neighborhood and, and for the kind of that being the, one of the main key purposes. So it's just awesome, just even such practical and funny examples. But actually, if there is this heart that you actually want uh, want to be uh, on the journey as a, as a leader and also meet new people, uh, you know, there's the circle that you know, but maybe God wants to meet new people as well that there can be this fun way of actually exploring different ways how God can use uh, even dogs and, and etc. So just like funny example, what uh, what's this dog revolution regarding missions here in Riga? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's also um, you could as a leader, if you, because a lot of us as, as church leaders, we are, we have uh, reduced our, our non-Christian um, circles. So, um, I know a lot of, of um, colleagues who doesn't have any non-Christian friends, for example. They, they just have friends in the church. And if you are on, on that, in, the, in that kind of place, you really need to have, be a bit intentional uh, to, in order to, to, to have these conversations and getting contact. And I, I think uh, in all societies, you have these kind of icebreakers um, that is suddenly then it's, it's totally okay to have a conversation, totally okay to uh, even have spiritual conversations about it. Um, kids is another way. If you don't want to have a, a dog, <laughs> kids is a great uh, icebreaker room. Suddenly people start talking to you because you have kids. Um, but also, for example, I, I um, realized that I w- uh, went to a sports pub in, in, in Gothenburg when my hockey team played an important game. And I stand next to a guy, and we had we shouted at the same uh, referee and uh, um, etc. And then it was a, a break between the periods, and he turned to me and started uh, talking because we are we are uh, sharing for the same team. So suddenly we are kind of friends. So I think those kind of of ice breaking, um, op- yeah, icebreakers in different contexts, uh, you could really intentionally seek in order to to get these kind of conversations and and relationships that is uh, could be hard otherwise but guys to yeah i was just thinking that yeah yeah, like what we focus on here now uh i mean it's part like because it's part of like a bigger bigger uh mission we have you know because you see like we have in europe uh, there is a big need for for more people being born again coming into the kingdom right and also even in the church planting uh, activity and environment there's a need for for more people to be, become new believers right um and so uh, more focus on that uh, we are already kind of quite good on on like how to set up or run church and you know all the church things but we're not as good as uh, when it comes to bring people to jesus so mm. so i just wanted to say because like um, like martin here you know he's an, an afs in sweden and martin and me in influx influx network and we are all church planters and i've been working on establishing new churches god has been calling us to that and and when we've been talking about this, like um, uh, actually in, in all our three locations now, like a su- substantial part of these young communities, young churches that are, are, are forming and growing uh, actually consist of quite, quite a bit of new believers. Um, 
and and also people who are living it out and who are you know getting to know people and bringing in people or for example like i see here in bergen that we have uh, quite a few people that are new believers and they are the ones who have led the most other people again to jesus than the old believers you know it's like it becomes like this more like movement of discipleship you know and as i mm. just wanted to say that, that that's what we have really in our heart to try to also encourage you guys who are listening and watching and also ourselves to see this discipleship movement happening um, so we want to make it an aim to reach new people with the gospel and disciple new people not just to gather christians right because if we can if that can happen from early stage of a new church for example or in your home group or in your school or in your family this is also what will continue to move, just like we read in the Gospels, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we are quite focused on, on those initial steps, because we believe that's really where the kind of the fight is on, you know, so. Yeah. But I, if, if the first uh, objection or so problem, problem for us is, is our busyness, and, and then the second one you mentioned just briefly is, is our fear. Shall we dig more into to our fear about this? Because I think... Mm. Um, I think for a lot of us, the fear is, um, yeah, on every level, of course, it's, uh, it's a tricky thing. Um, I, I, I have a, I know a book that's published recently in Sweden, uh, a pastor, Pentecostal pastor wrote it. And, and the title is, uh, what would you do if you didn't have any fear? I think it's a really challenging title. Um, cause when you think about it, you realize that it's, it's a lot of things that yeah. that holding us back uh, according to our fear. But when it comes to this about talking about our faith and sharing the kingdom and, and so forth, what kind of fear do do you think guys um, are are holding us back? I can start. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's a lot of uh, fear. Of, of uh, like ruin relationships because um i had a lot of parents that i i um meet quite regularly because we have kids in the same age and uh, some we are like having dinner together and some just uh, at uh, the playground but um it feels that we're having such a good like relationship and then um the fear is that I will ruin that by now bringing up the gospel. So I, I think that's a, a real fear for me that like ruin these good conversations or relationship by, um, by going into um, And that's a, that's a struggle and that's holding me back. What do you have? Uh, what kind of fears yeah. do you have? Yeah, I, I can see the one you mentioned, like, for example, with our neighbors, for example, it's also like the question, how far do you take it on challenging them? Like, uh, I mean, I did, uh, I did invite some, somebody to an alpha course uh, who are like journalists and usually work in an environment that are a bit hostile to Christian faith and stuff. And it was interesting. And they, they, they said no to the alpha course, uh, but in a kind of like a, like a polite way and stuff but but i mean uh, that that just actually brought us closer in talking together but if i would really push it i would also wonder a bit like what, what would happen um in that context but uh, um yeah martis what about you what kind of things are you have, thinking about 
well, I think there is the internal, uh, which you are mentioning more like, uh, I guess, fear of rejection. I would, I would think at the core, it's like just uh, being afraid of re- being rejected by someone, uh, you know, uh, and especially when, when we are talking about faith, it's something so um, personal, something really maybe fragile uh, at some mm. point. So if you share the deepest parts of yourself, uh, there can be this sense of like, what happens if I'm rejected, you know, the most inner part of myself. So maybe let's then just keep at the shallow level and, and talk more like, you know, uh, not so deep stuff. So I think that's like a real thing. And it's something, uh, yeah, we, I think uh, the more free we are, uh, yeah, there is the both sense of love, but also what happens when you're rejected. And I think uh, when we talk about the uh, person of peace, that's like interesting how Jesus addresses the fact if there are, people are not open, right? And but uh, I think that's a journey. But what I see as well, I think this is more addressed usually. But the other, I think, is really key. It's actually uh, my sister uh, sent me this quote, like action kills fear. That actually when you start doing something, it starts like this abstract idea starts to be, you know, there's fear around the idea of like sharing Christ to someone. But actually when you start making small steps into it, like how would you do it or actually take action this abstract idea uh, uh, kind of is uh, this fog is being taken away and actually it becomes more clear. What are the steps? Actually, you know, uh, what's my story? We talked previously, you know, what's my testimony? What is the gospel? And and this abstract idea uh, sharing about Christ to someone becomes uh, more practical. It's on the ground, ground level. And so that's something I guess we will touch it maybe a bit uh, briefly ahead, but uh, something we have been trying as well in the local church here is how to take these abstract maybe ideas sometimes and and give different uh, directions on how it can be practically done because here in Latvia I'm I'm awesomely challenged by very practical uh, Latvian people that says but how you do this or how you do this where I'm more I like to be more like a guy of revelation you talk about these concepts but then it's like how you apply this concept in the daily life so I love when I'm challenged about this because it makes me be more simple and more practical and I think that's a big part also overcoming a fear of how do I do this I don't feel qualified enough i don't have enough bible knowledge or i don't know how to share the gospel etc yeah and i also think that one problem for us as leaders is that we are uh, some kind of ambassadors for a church or for a faith so when we get in, into this kind of encounters we are it could be a fear that we we don't really know how to how to um like defend it or or explain it or or uh, um and also that we we um, especially us who, who've been in theological training we we are good in writing a paper about the uh, sanctification or <laughs> something else but just explaining uh what uh, what has jesus done in a way in a couple of minutes that my neighbor understand that's i haven't been trained for that so i think that kind of it's also fear that most of us would like just rise up and have a have a sermon uh, for a hundred people than having a conversation with a non-Christian because we are trained for the first and not for the second. So I think that's that's also fear, um, uh, strong fear for us. Yeah, I was Jacob. thinking also about like the, um, I was very challenged here uh, in the this weekend. We were together with like this evangelist who is um, he's working a lot with youth and. Uh, uh, and I mean, he's been through a lot of stuff, kind of a what, crazy guy in, a, in, in, in a sense, very happy, loves Jesus, but he's really been through a lot of uh, difficulty and, 
and uh, been just challenged about his freedom in, in sharing and also his freedom on being misunderstood by people, being persecuted in the media by people who are laughing about him and stuff and also being really loved by the youth like he has an incredible reach with like incredible reach to youth in norway uh so but i just have been really kind of feeling like this test about okay how to what extent have i really died to myself when i meet this guy because i see that he he's he's more free from fear than i am and he reaches a lot of people and he's really living in faith and uh but I've been seeing kind of like, okay, this, this, this thing about being socially acceptable, or like not, not kind of being seen as a fool in a sense, you know, like this, this thing about wanting to be respectable or uh, understood or, you know, even like when you see Jesus, when he speaks to the Pharisees or to the, even to people who came for healing or to be his disciples. And then he speaks in a very challenging way and they leave him because they don't understand or they are offended or something. And, that that freedom that he had to to also say the tough words at times, for example, uh, or or to or the prophets uh, like Jeremiah, for example, who would prophesy and then people would reject him and they would throw him in jail, for example, you know, like the parts uh, the parts that is not just like happy ending all the time. Like to what extent am I free somehow to to be obedient, you know? And I, I really feel that it's it's something about dying from myself just to belong to Jesus. Not with a goal of looking like a fool in every situation, but that I am actually, died, I died to myself and now I belong to him. And so in that sense, I can be a fool for Christ. And that's what I want to be. But I think that I felt there was something even deeper where I really want to reflect and pray in the coming time about, so. Yeah, uh, I, I think I just wanted also to add, I think this is good. And uh, also was thinking about the um, interesting qualifications about elders uh, in First Timothy 3. And there is this interesting uh, part at the end of uh, that the passage in verse 7. It says that he, being like the possible elder, must be well thought of by outsiders. Uh, and uh, when I heard this one guy teaching about this, uh, he challenged uh, the possible leaders, elders, uh, being... Uh, checked if actually he has friends if he has uh non-believing friends outsiders that can that he's in relationship with and actually you know that uh, has, hasn't like come to faith but maybe uh does this possible elder have uh, the circle of uh non-believers in his life that actually can testify about his life from mm. uh, external point of view and i thought that's like such an interesting thought first of all because it, it challenges the leader does he actually spend time with non-believers if if he even has non-believer non-believing friends, that the that the bridges haven't been burned, and of course, secondly, what I think Ardekabi also mentioned, uh, it's interesting that Jesus was often rejected by the the spiritual authorities, but he was uh, friends of sinners, and and he mm. spent so much time there. Yeah. So I was thinking, this is a, I think a good test right. actually for elders and leaders. Uh, are you a friend of sinners? Are you actually like a friend uh, that someone might not uh, be uh, following Jesus immediately? And uh. but are you still friends, or you burn those bridges? And and I th I thought, wow, that's like I I hadn't heard that kind of challenge for a possible qualification for elder from that perspective. Because mm. usually it's like you know you just spend in your library and you study and you prepare for the sermon, etc. Mm. Those eight hours or whatever. And actually, but do you take part as well, actually, to have a coffee with your friend or neighbor, mm. and etc.? And I thought, wow, uh, this is such a good thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, I think um, the the last thing 
we, I, I mentioned it here that I think one fear is that we don't really know what to say or what to what to do. That we are we have some kind of lack of or training or experience. Is it in in the in the more of the how to? Um, what what would you say if if uh, to the leaders listening to us that don't really that that are challenged and and is uh, longing for this path, uh, but don't really know how how do I how do I do what what kind of steps do I take how how do I grow in this? What what would you say? Uh, personally, how to grow in this yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how how do I how do I grow in this uh, area? How mm. for myself, you mean? Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As a leader, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one story that I can share. Like I met a man downtown here, sitting by his little lake. Uh, he was sitting reading the Bible, and I saw it. it's like ah, oh, he's reading the Bible. And then after a while, we started talking. Um, and then he tells me a story. So he was out uh, some years back and he met like this youth leader from a church. And this youth leader uh, wanted to, to evangelize the man because the youth leader uh, thought he was not a Christian. <laughs> it's kind of funny because he this guy was, you know, he really was. But uh, so he starts to share and wants to talk about Jesus and he wants to tell him about Jesus. And then, but then this man, he answers him back and says like, are you married? And then the guy says, like, uh, yeah. He was a bit surprised that the conversation turned around. So he says, like, yeah, yeah, I'm married. I say, well, what's the name of your wife? And then he answers that. And then the man asks, like, yeah, can you tell me more about your wife? Like, uh, what kind of hair color and eye color does she have? What does she like to eat? What's her favorite dessert? You know, her hobbies? Like, does she have any sisters or brothers? Like, and then the guy was like a bit surprised because this, this didn't go the way he expected and the way he wanted it to go, you know. <laughs> so, but he told about his wife and all kinds of details about his wife and kept going about his wife and, and everything. And he was like, well, what's happening here? And then the, 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 the older man suddenly after all of this just turned to the guy and said like, okay, now, now tell me about this Jesus, he said. and then the the younger man the youth leader he broke down in tears and then he just begged the man please help me to get to know jesus he said please can you help me can you help me because he understood what had happened um so I, i think you can ponder that story a bit um but personally i don't have any other better advice than than if you really know him uh, I don't think it's so hard to share about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can add before Mark says that, because I think um, that's a key, definitely, idea. I think also the two things that the that we, the first objections here, that we, we really need to to set aside time and, and energy in order to do it. Um, uh, like having time with when I go out, I, that I am not just throwing my my garbage. I have always ten minutes to talk to my neighbors, so to say. Um, but also this fear mm. that I, I pray that I it's more of both a prayer, but also um, a statement that um, for myself I don't I won't let fear interfere with my missional conversations. I I I know I have fear and I it's going to be there, but it's not going to hinder me. 
and then my prayer is that help me to to um, to still have this kind of conversation help me to to break the like the, the barriers and and enter into uh, topics that are uh, not so common so to say um but i also think it's it's um um one good good thing could be to to learn from those who who are living this out more so um just hanging out with people who are more yeah that are doing this more than you and and see how how that could influence you because i i think that that helped me a lot uh, i don't have this in my in my personality but i real i i realize that i can grow in it when i i'm around people who are are ahead of me and i think that's a that's um yeah the best advice i can uh, give as a leader yeah i Marcus. can just share i can just share uh as an example of what you just martin shared as well so i recently moved to this uh, new place uh also in riga just different area and uh and i really prayed god uh prayed to god that he would open just doors with some of the neighbors uh you know and and the challenge was that the, we have a new kind of uh, lockdown recently uh, kicked in so uh and uh, i was just praying and, and one day uh i was going out with uh, my wife and there is this guy with a dog and this dog really approaches us again the dog so the dog approaches us and you know like really cute and uh, yeah we we kind of uh, just play a bit with him and and st step by step uh, what's the name of the dog hugo it's like a oh, nice so yeah just hi nothing more it happened like two three more times <clears throat> and uh, we got to introduce the names between us uh, we live in the same house okay great uh, so it continued for a few times uh, then eventually one time i'm going to the shop and it's what you're saying just being uh, open for those few minutes for some conversation so again i go out and there's this dog again approaches me two latvians uh, strangers speaking to each other that's uh, it has to be a dog or, or a wonder so so we are having this conversation and uh, afterwards he suddenly says yeah, we could get together play some board games maybe at some point and uh, maybe you smoke marijuana so we could just you know uh, just chill out for a bit and uh, and so i'm like whoa this is amazing uh, not the marijuana part i said yeah i'm not so much into that but um but i said yeah that would be awesome to kind of get together and so so i have now his number saved we're waiting for the end of the lockdown and it, but it really started this last piece started with uh, just uh, i was going to a shop there is the dog, we have a conversation and I'm open to give those five minutes uh, in between we start talking about sports, uh, etc. And it, and suddenly he noticed a, uh, a uh, ring in my finger. So he's like, are you married? It's like, okay. And so just interesting how these conversations just lead if we are just open. And so mm -hmm. it was no push for it. And, and the question was, am I willing to actually give a night and uh, am I willing to make uh, steps, give time for these relationships? Yeah. And I think that's a huge question for uh, for me mm. as a leader when I'm, you know, that training, prayer night, yeah. etc. It's like, mm. do, do I see that as like uh, high importance? And and I'm challenged still by that. I'm like, yes, I want to see that more in my life. Mm. So, so I totally agree about like being open for those few minutes, uh, caring for the one you know uh, at some point point yeah. in the shop Sorry, helping yeah. someone one it's neighbor just have a chat and Jacob, i know you're great with this in bergen you, you'll talk with people and neighbors in the streets but i think that's like such a 
yeah that we we can be busy but are we in a hurry and i think jesus was busy yeah, but he was not hurry right. he was like uh, open for uh, to talk with people and and mm. i see that's a challenge often for me because i'm already in my head in the next task and i can miss those people uh, on the stairs or somewhere so mm. yeah yeah that's really that's good um we're going um in for the landing on this episode soon uh but i think as a as a conclusion here for a leader is that we we need to find the what's hindering us and and trying to deal with them um, um praying and and yeah see how we could grow or, or getting help in those and then l- start living it out and uh, uh we know that all change is coming from when when we are <clears throat> we are changed by ourselves but then it's also can communicate and i i think the the wisest thing there is not then starting like to teach about yeah we need to we need to um, uh, be more missional but it's more about sharing the testimonies than um, attracting people to a path of of a more missional lifestyle uh, instead of just um, yeah doing it from any other in, in angle so i think starting starting to to take these small steps and then just share about what's uh what do you see what the fruit is what what god is doing through your actions uh, and that's uh, that's a way to transform the if it's the small group or the church or whatever it is hmm. do you have any final words guys not Maybe. not for permanently but for tonight for, for today <laughs> farewell <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah maybe just to try to like to take off the pressure on on people listening that it's not something that like kind of you have to do this this is your duty you have to work hard if you don't do you know but more like uh something that you can do you know you don't have to do it in a sense but you can mm. like to to that we can be free not to feel the burden or the pressure of this, but more as an opportunity that it's a privilege given to us in our daily walk. And you're not up for an exam for somebody or your church or, yeah, but it's more like actually there's life, there's life in this. And it's even one little step can be so full of joy, you know, and more like an adventure that we can take steps and we can walk with Jesus in it. So, yeah, uh, I can just, uh, I was thinking to add this practical example, uh, just example how we did it in Riga. Again, that's not the uh, ultimate scenario, but uh, we wanted to become more practical and and somehow just uh, open up uh, more the culture for the whole church to talk, think about this. And and so like um, we actually taught about what this whole concept of person of peace is. You can find some recordings on our website. And uh, and then we yeah, we, sp- we spent time praying uh, for each other's persons of peace or these people that we think would be open. And we said, okay, let's really think who this could be and let's pray about it. And then let's give one weekend, one Sunday, uh, to actually uh, let's not meet and let's actually uh, as a church, but let's meet with those people. Let's just spend time with them. You know, we might go hiking. We might uh, you know meet families with kids, uh, etc. Uh, what ca- and just pray for those practical steps because usually Sundays are a great time. People are hanging out, going hiking while the church is gathering. So we thought, okay, what if we would substitute one meeting to actually uh, reach out to those people? And so, yeah, uh, some would say that's controversial because the church should meet. But uh, we we thought for the sake of applying the word and uh, what we have been uh, teaching and studying, actually 
give space to apply it. So, mm -hmm. and that was one example. And we actually had some really good testimonies, people that had never uh, uh, yeah, reached out, actually suddenly had time because usually weekends are busy and, and suddenly you can use that Sunday to do that. And we still have this lady that came to faith and that are part of the church now because of that one Sunday. So I was like, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And uh, second, I was just thinking is we, we, we had Sunday where we, we didn't have like sermon sermon but we had uh, split the church into groups to uh, uh, so sorry in pairs to actually uh, um, share their testimony write it down on paper we gave some 10 minutes to to think of your testimony and then go in pairs literally had a timer uh, and so i said it's going to be like three minutes so people go for three minutes share their testimony then it's a pause small feedback then the other person is sharing their testimony and actually what happens uh, uh, as a culture, as a church, all are, uh, they like this practical applications like, oh, I've actually never done it. And, you know, uh, usually it's just listening, but now suddenly they have to speak, they have to kind of uh, learn. And so uh, it was, for some, it was mm. first time they shared their testimony. I was like, hallelujah. And, and then uh, the other part, uh, Usually it could be done in two Sundays, but the other part was uh, sharing the gospel in the same way. Can you, uh, we talked a bit about it, what it consists of, even some videos with drawings, uh, you know, uh, there's the three circle uh, approach or there are different ways how it can be done, of course. But the idea behind it was just let's try it out. Let's take the fear away from this whole topic. Mm. And how we, how we try to do that is by actually engaging uh, all together in this. And for some, it's like, whoa, this is like a, this is like a masterclass or like practical uh, thing. I'm like, yeah, church should be that. Of course, we need revelation and we need, you know, uh, the word of God as a revelation. But we sometimes need to just apply it. And sometimes we might substitute like a nice sermon for the sake of let's go in groups and, and learn together. And people are really encouraged. So I can just encourage to pray about these things and, and be innovative and ask God, what can be ways how I can engage this topic not with like guilt message but with actually steps what people need to take for this whole subject to be actually like of encouragement and uh, life mm. yeah that's really good and and just uh, just to give an example of what you said and about uh, like the joy in in uh, having this kind of conversation i i just uh, rejoiced yesterday we had a church gathering and um, half of the grown-ups there were people who have come to faith or were non-believers just sitting there um i just i just realized sitting in that conversation because we, we we spoke about uh uh yeah how to um yeah how to um yeah prayer and and what um uh, trusting god and and that kind of stuff and and we had a lady there who, who's not a christian and and yeah it was really interesting and so um so joyful and being able to see that kind of of conversation so mm -hmm. so i really really enjoyed it and i think that's uh, also a thing that kind of testimony that we need to share with each other that um it's a rejoice in in this kind of missional uh, behavior hallelujah um, can i can i just shoot the last one as well like because we we recently started with like we had a big we had a celebration uh, very recently because of a lady that that came to Jesus and she was baptized just very recently by some people. Uh, I didn't even know about it that, until after it had happened. Actually, that's and, an awesome uh, thing, right? Yeah, it's when cool. baptism it's happens cool. without yeah. without your watch. Yeah, and she's like Norwegian, and um, yeah. So, but what we did, we 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 basically threw a party with uh, this church, young church we have. And we were asking people to bring food and drinks and we were like kind of having music. And we, so we had like worship and we, we had kind of like a, 
some sort of regular gathering, but then we had cakes and stuff. And she came and shared her story together with the guy that was the main person that walked with her in it. And it was just super beautiful. She just shared really like straight on from her life. And, and we just started to, you know, to rejoice over what God rejoices over. Cause it says, you know, when, you know, like if, if when one sinner repents, you know, there's more, there's like celebration in heaven, uh, more than for the 99 that are still in the church that had already been there before. Right. So, so just to, to celebrate and value the things that God celebrates, I think is that's good for church culture too. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, we hope that uh, a lot of you will join us the 29th at 8 p.m. Swedish time. Yes, and, join uh, us. Please do. We, in two weeks' time, we're going to be back. Um, uh, and then uh, the topic is going to be how to love your neighbor uh, and showing the kingdom through that. That's going to be fun. So, yeah. Thank you for today and God bless. Yeah, bless you guys, everybody. Bye-bye.